Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. Today is all about a topic that I think we really all believe is super important, but maybe don't have the knowledge or expertise to really know how to talk about it or how to implement it in our classrooms. And it's a super important discussion all about body positivity in the dance classroom. But first, I want to let you know a little bit more about Katrina. So Katrina has been teaching for over 10 years, teaching at both for-profit and not-for-profit schools and serving a diverse community of dancers. She graduated with a BA in theatre and dance from CSUEB, where she had training in modern choreography, jazz and hip-hop from noted Bay Area directors, choreographers such as Nina Haft, Eric Coopers and Laura Ellis. She's performed and toured across the United States and Canada, including Vancouver, New Mexico and New York. And Katrina is Now the owner and founder of Different Drama Dance, which is a small franchise of dance studios on a mission to teach dance from the inside out. And after 20 years of dancing and over 10 years of teaching, she is now creating the studios, dance education and communities she wished she had as a young dancer. Katrina wants young dancers and especially young girls who spend so much time looking in the mirror as they train and practice for their dance education to know that their reflections and bodies aren't something that has to be trained into submission, but a vehicle to unlock their unique movements. She helps dancers look beyond outward reflection at what's underneath and find the strength to love what they find there. Her work with different drama dance is so important and something I'm looking really forward to dive into today. And I just know it's a super powerful conversation that you're really going to love. So I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with Katrina. So let's dive straight into today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today, Katrina. I'm so excited to speak to you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be talking with you. Yay. Okay, cool. So can you tell us a little bit about your business, which is Different Drummer Dance and how it all came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Different Drummer Dance is currently a bi-coastal dance studio, which I know probably doesn't sound like it's a thing, but I've made it a thing. I'm from California originally, and my husband is from um, upstate New York. And so I had a teaching practice in California. And then about a year ago, we made a decision to move to upstate New York so he could start a business. Um, And I wasn't quite ready to let go of my students and my school that I had in California. So Um, For the past year, I've just been kind of going back and forth and teaching workshops and camps and programs when I can in California, and then also running year-round school programs in upstate New York. So that's what I mean by bi-coastal. But we focus on fresh and um, bright-hearted, bright and big-hearted classes. And I was trained in the Royal Academy of Dance uh, syllabus and did all of their exams and everything. And I did a teacher training program with them as well. Um, So their syllabus has really informed a lot of my teaching practice. And I love their method. Um, I think it's Mm. really wonderful, solid technique. Um, But I always have liked infusing, you know, 
dance with my own kind of personality. And Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoy teaching creative movement classes for the especially young kids and have found that, you know, um, extra fun music and action songs and things like uh, the brain dance by Anne Green Gilbert, all of those things just um, really speak to me. And I like incorporating those into my um, early childhood movement classes. Um, So that's really what different drummer dance focuses on is that that kind of approach to dance um, in your own in your own way. So we still I still teach classes in ballet and creative movement and hip hop. um, But it's it's with this very inclusive, welcoming kind of approach, like come as you are, you if you feel silly dancing, that's totally fine. Um, I just am really interested in kids coming in the door and experiencing dance in a joyful way and not feeling like they have to fit into a box or a mold in order to be able to um, enjoy dance. So yeah, that's, that's where my classes and my programs uh, kind of originate from. Amazing. That sounds like a really, you know, an inter- like an interesting way, I guess, a different take um, in general to some studios. Um, not that we don't have body positivity in many studios, but like you said, you've really blended a mix of like, you know, general old school technique and this new sort of message of empowerment, which is awesome. And I just want to say as well that I, your website and your Instagram and everything is so amazing. So if I would really encourage everybody to go check that out. So it's just differentdrummerdance.com and you can find, can you find you on Instagram at different drummer dance as well? Yeah. The, yeah, the Instagram handle is actually diff drum dance. So it's a little shorter, but drum dance. Awesome. It's really like, so eye-catching and amazing so that is awesome no worries but I really love that you have such a wonderful message of body positivity within your business like you said so can you let us on in on like let us in on some of the ways that you you know incorporate this message within your classes on a regular basis and I know also that you have a wonderful body positivity and empowerment courses that's on your website as well so possibly um how you share this message with your students but then also maybe with your parents and then with other dance teachers and dance studio owners. So it's kind of a, a threefold question, I guess. Right, right. Um, so I incorporate it into my daily classes. Um, probably the biggest way is just with the language that I use when I'm speaking mm-hmm. to my students. So that even starts with the really young ones as far as um, saying things like, oh, you figured it out instead of just kind of this good job or, you know, you did it or things like that, which the students, you know, obviously do and we should praise them for when they have achievements. But um, for when they don't or for when they're still learning, um, I really like to reinforce that growth mindset about like, oh, well, you're, you're getting it. You're on your way or that was so much better than the last time. Mm-hmm. So I try and be really conscious of the language that I'm using with Um, with all of the dancers, but even starting at that young age, I think sometimes um, we think that like the serious training of dance um, doesn't necessarily happen until, you know, dancers are a little bit older or they are on point or, you know, have kind of reached a certain age. Um, But I think it can start even younger with how we speak to our students, because those words that we are presenting to them eventually become their own inner dialogue. Um, Mm. 
and ballet especially, I mean, all forms of dance, but I feel like ballet especially can lend itself so much to this really critical development of a voice of your inner critic that I mean, when you're standing in front of a mirror all the time, it's it's hard, <laughs> no matter mm. what kind of day you're having or what kind of dancer you are to just not be in front of the mirror all the time and start nitpicking yourself. Um, so I think that that choice of language is really yeah. important to foster at an early age. So that's primarily how I incorporate the body positivity into my dance classes. Um, mm. If I'm teaching like a workshop or if I've got more time with students, um, we will often do some sort of um, like almost extracurricular activity um, where I might have them do like a little writing assignment. Um, and that usually happens as they get older as well. Mm. Um, you know, writing assignments about like uh, goal setting and affirmations that you can use in class. And I have, I'll have them like list out, you know, things that they might find themselves saying to themselves. And then we work on ways to rephrase it. So it sounds a little bit kinder and is more positive. Um, and it just kind of works its way on up through the ranks that way in mm. the classes. And for parents as well, I, um, in the, in the course that I teach online, um, the Body Positivity for Dancers course is, is primarily focused for dance educators, um, but there is also a, a section of that course that's dedicated just to getting parents on board. So mm-hmm. really kind of explaining what the, what the importance is of body positivity and how we can become more aware of it and how we can foster it in our children. And so I really try and get parents on board by making sure that they are well informed and know where I'm coming from and wanting to foster this better sense of, you know, inner voice and um, diminish that inner critic. Mm. Um, so I was, did I answer all three parts or was yeah, there? Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, can you maybe just like go over a little bit more about how this, you should share this message within your course, but how it's more sort of targeted at teachers and educators and dance studio owners. So how could possibly like, how would this course or this message or in general, do you think that teachers can use this stuff to be, you know, a more body positive in classes? Yeah. Um, so for me, my journey with body positivity, I mean, has been pretty much lifelong, but I didn't wake up one morning and just decide, oh, I'm going to, you know, design a course on body positivity. It's been Mm. a very like long, tumultuous up and down road. Um, Mm. and I think the the key step I know for me was just becoming more self-aware of the way that I was speaking to myself. Um, and I think that is going to be especially true for for teachers and for parents as well. Like before you even embark on this, you know, journey of incorporating body positivity, we need to know what it means to ourselves. Um, and especially now, I think because it's a little bit of a buzzword, and we're seeing more. Um, there's more coverage on it, you know, with social media and in the news and around bullying and all this type of stuff. And it's great that it's getting more, um, it's getting more time and being explored more, but I think it can be so different for everybody, what body positivity means. Mm. Um, so I think it's really important for teachers to start 
just kind of investigating their own notions of what that might mean and how it can apply to them. Um, so I encourage uh, teachers, especially in the course, to to start with that. To you know, I ask a few questions um, and suggest a few writing prompts about what this phrase means to you and if you have any preconceived notions about what a dancer is or isn't or what a body should or shouldn't be because um, that's where it can start to get a little sticky and a little dangerous about you know is or is this form of art for only a certain few people or can it be for everybody and to just really explore your own individual ideas about mm what that can be. Um, so then once, you know, teachers have done that and they've kind of set this foundation for what they believe body positivity should be and what should it, what it should encompass, then it can kind of morph and take on a bigger role and um, it can start, you know, kind of guiding the studio life of, you know, if this dance teacher is a dance studio owner as well, um, or if they're just a solo teacher kind of practicing on their own, um, then it can kind of become a bigger thing and start guiding, you know, your mission for teaching. Are you, are you going to make sure that at every class you do use affirmations or are you going to, you know, welcome students in with a welcome letter that like states what your, what your mission is in teaching and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then just take it from there and keep expanding and, you know, the things that I suggest and that I might do, like incorporating growth mindset and working with writing prompts and affirmations, that might not work for every studio or for every teacher. It might not be their jam. But my mm -hmm. hope is that by doing the course and starting with that core foundation work of what this, what that phrase, body positivity and negative self-talk, what all those things mean to each individual, that that can sort of plant the seed for more personal development and personal growth around that area of body positivity and inclusivity. Yeah, amazing. And I definitely think there's so much merit, like you said, to the concept um, in general. And then I think, you know, by further educating ourselves as teachers, then we can like you said, take what we can from it and then mm -hmm. apply it to our own teaching practices. Cause you, I understand like, like you're saying that not everybody is into affirmations or all of those things, but I definitely think you could try it out or, you know, take different elements and just even really be mindful. Like you said, of, of some of the language that we're using, which I think um, we can sometimes get in the habit of doing mm -hmm. and, or we also just sort of not mimicking, but, uh, are using language that was used with us as children, which is totally very common, mm -hmm. but not necessarily um, the, the best way to stay, you know, up to date and informed. Well, you know, some things will always be the same, but it's really good, I think, to you know do further professional development where you can, and you know, do little little things like this to be able to then really give our students the most amazing sort of well-rounded dance education in my, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things too that I have loved about your podcast is, you know, the things like the the money mantras and affirmations. Like I know for a lot of people that feels really out there and really woo, mm, yeah. um, but I love the woo stuff personally. Yeah. So for me, it's like, it's great. Yeah. But it, yeah, I, I totally get how it 
can come across as, or maybe people just don't understand it right mm. off the bat. And they're like, um, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but mm. it's that initial, just like kind of digging in and being willing to see something a little bit differently or with a different perspective. Um, and then it just can open up a whole new world of, you know, new ways of thinking of things, of looking at things, of, you know, speaking different ways. It's just like, honestly, the, you know, the realization that I had of how horribly mean I was being to myself when I was self-talking just mm. was like, that was one of the biggest realizations for myself. Like I would never speak to any other human the way that I was speaking to myself. Yeah. And it's just, that was just kind of the crack of light in the door that led to all of these other discoveries about how I can change that and then how that can change my teaching and how it can help empower my students. So yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I do think that those phrases and the way that we speak to others and to ourselves that may be so ingrained in us are definitely worth kind of putting under a microscope. Mm, yeah. And like sort of currently where we are as an industry at the moment, do you feel that there is a shift taking place where sort of more body positivity practices are being taught or do you feel that we still really have a long way to go? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think, I, th I think in general, there is a more awareness of mm. different types of bodies and, um, and different types of dancers from all different backgrounds, having, having done amazing things and being accepted into the dance world a little bit more. I mean, we see it now on social media. There's, um, a few dancers that I know of who have done amazing like YouTube videos that have gone viral and they don't necessarily have like the traditional dance shape, um, mm. but they've been applauded for, you know, one being amazing dancers and two just putting themselves out there because it can be so scary when you, you know, go to perform or when you go to post a video and you don't fit into that like you know, that norm, that kind of barely mm. carefully crafted box of mm. what a dancer looks like. Um, so I think there has been some progress and awareness for sure. But part, part of the time, I feel like it's also could be a little bit superficial, um, just because not because people are willfully resisting any sort of change. Um, but because we might not necessarily know any better, like we're just adopting these ideas of like, oh, body positivity, oh, inclusivity. Like I was saying earlier, sometimes the buzzwords just kind of mm. get tossed around without necessarily diving any deeper and doing the work to figure out what that term actually means. Um, so yes and no. And I, I think we're on the right track for sure. I am always encouraged every day um, when I get you know on social media and I see more and more dancers having better and more positive self-talk and talking about their journeys and where they've come from and where they're going. And I think that is one of the great things about social media is that we're able to share more. Um, so I think we are definitely on the right track, but I know that we have a way more, a ways more to go as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it does make sense. And I think, you know, but every advancement that we make, there's always some new information that comes to light as well. So I do think it is a, right. it is a process, but it's really good to hear that you're noticing a different, 
difference, particularly because you are obviously super aware of it being so, you know, focused and knowledgeable about this particular subject. So it's really good to hear that. Um, Before you mentioned a little bit about sort of acknowledging your own kind of negative self-talk. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to really ask and sort of see what was it like for you growing up as a dancer and now as a dance educator within our society and sort of within our industry, I guess. And like you said, and like we've talked about briefly, like dance, dance or dancers bodies have always kind of had a, a specific box and it's very disciplined and it is a very disciplined art, but you know, how, how was it for you growing up? And is, is this when you kind of discovered there was, um, you know, what were you different and that's what sort of led your, your interest in this area or is this just something that sort of happened organically? Yeah. Um, well, growing up, I was always, I guess I self-identify as a little bit of a roly poly. <laughs> um, mm. So growing up in dance class, you know, it didn't really ever bother me until I probably started getting into my preteens and teenage years. And of course, those are the years, especially for girls, where everything is changing and you're hormonal and life is just kind of horrible in general. Um, but I, yeah, I think I, al- I always kind of identified as other as far as having a different body shape from my mm-hmm. fellow classmates. Um, and that's, I mean, it's never easy to be other. And I mean, I remember certain things like other students telling me that I was big boned. And like at the time I was like, wait, is that a thing? Like, and I just agreed because, you know, like what else are you going to do when you're 12 years old? And you're just like, oh yeah, uh uh-huh. I'm big boned. But it's just, it's phrases like that. Again, going back to like the language and the things that we say that now looking back on it, I'm like, that's, that's just silly. Like, Bones are bones. Mm. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that in my younger years, I just kind of like accepted that and knew that that was kind of part of me. And it always felt mm. like, like my body or my weight was something that I had to overcome or, or struggle with. And then when I went away to college, um, and I was in, I went to UC Santa Barbara and majored in dance there. I didn't finish there, but that's where my college journey started. Um, I lost a lot of weight because I was, I had heard about the freshman 15 and was just like terrified of gaining weight and, And like, you're also away from home for the first time Mm. and, you know, you've got a little bit more freedom. So I just, I just didn't eat anything. And I remember at that point, um, I I thought it was a good day if I could count five things on, on one hand that I had eaten. So if I had only eaten five things in a day, that was Mm. like a good day for me. So clearly I had a lot of unhealthy eating behaviors and that led later on to like an eating disorder. Um, so yeah, it just, it is, has been a a journey. And I think the, at the point in time that I realized that I couldn't continue dancing and eating and are not eating and, you know, continue to live the life that I wanted to live. I was, I was still in my early twenties. Um, But it just kind of came as like a shock one day. I just, I I was on a train coming from a dance class in San Francisco back home. And it just kind of hit me all at once. I was like, I can't keep doing this. And 
it was no like one particular thing that made me realize it. It was just like this accumulation of, I am hurting my body and my body is hurting. I can't keep doing this to my body. So I took a little break from dance for a while and really kind of focused on my teaching. Um, And that is when my teaching career kind of started to wind up and um, the, the body stuff, I just kind of brushed to the side um, and didn't really, you know, didn't really deal with it at all. It wasn't until I was in my late twenties um, that I really started unpacking all of that hurt um, and all of that kind of trauma that I went through and really dived in through therapy about, you know, all those negative beliefs that we have about ourselves and negative self-talk and really started doing the work to change my inner dialogue. And that from there has just kind of led from one thing to another and realizing that it's so important to bring that awareness to dance um, Mm. because dance is so, so body focused. And I mean, our bodies in dance are our instruments. They're our canvas. That's what we use. Um, So it's, it's impossible not to nitpick and to poke and prod and sometimes feel like you're at war with your body. Um, But, you know, it just, life becomes so much easier when we can think of our bodies as an ally instead of an enemy that we are fighting against, that our bodies actually want to do the things that we want them to do. They want to be healthy. They want to function. They want to leap and do all the wonderful dancing that we want to do. But sometimes we just aren't that great at stopping and listening and slowing down and taking a minute to take stock and breathe and realize that it's okay to take a rest and it's okay, you know, it's okay to stop. Mm, And I think it's not go, go, go all the time. Amazing. And I do think it's super powerful to, you know, something that obviously probably at the time was a really hard experience for you but then you turned it into such an amazing positive I guess even you know change for all of the students that you have within your studio and then all the students that you've taught and then now that you're moving into you know educating other teachers as well which is so you know amazing that you uh, have taken that sort of well, I guess it would have, would have been a negative experience at the time and turning it into such a positive thing for yourself and for other people as well. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot, especially because one of my, one of the things that I always tell myself that I try and center my work around is that I want to be the teacher or the thing that I needed when I was a student. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could have used, I mean, I had wonderful teachers. I'm so grateful for, you know, the education that I had as a dancer. Um, but I could have definitely used a teacher or a mentor or a friend or a fellow student who, you know, said, Hey, what's, you know, what's going on? Or there's, you know, offered different, different perspectives or different ways to try things and kind of let me see that there, there wasn't always just the one way to do things. So I appreciate that feedback. That is something that I'm always trying to, to make sure that my work embodies is is this something that I would have benefited from as a young dance student or as a young teacher or anything like that so thank you 
No, you're welcome. But I'm wondering now whether that uh, you could give us, you know, if there was one, you know, either little tip or one little practice that we as dance educators and, you know, people listening to today's podcast could integrate into their classroom this week or this month. Is there something, you know, that you think is a really good stepping stone or a starting point before then diving into some more knowledge? Is, do you have any little tips like that that you could share with us? Ooh, um, I would say to really, to just not say the things that you always say in class. <laughs> and I know that's not really an easy task, um, but I really do think that so much of this work and so like just paying attention to our language is so, so important that that's where I feel like everybody needs to start. And so maybe that's maybe you don't even take that into class as a dance teacher. Um, maybe it you know comes from tuning into your own self talk and trying to catch yourself when you say something negative to yourself, um, and then trying to reframe it and rephrase it into something that is more positive. Um, or if you, I mean, I think all dance teachers get tired of saying the same thing over and over again. I'm sure all teachers do, but sometimes I feel like, you know, the Peanuts character there in the Peanuts cartoon, there's the teacher in the background who's always just like, like that's literally the noise she makes. Sometimes I feel like that with my students and, and I'm sure we all do. So Mm -hmm. when I, when I find myself like having one of those moments where I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over again, and it's not getting through, that's a cue that I use for myself to be like, okay, so clearly this isn't working. Let's try something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's just rearranging my language and my words, or maybe it's not even saying anything at all. Sometimes it's just, turning the next piece of music onto the next track and just leaving it and not saying anything at all. Um, Mm. But yeah, that, those would be my tips. I know they're not super easy ones, unfortunately. Um, That's okay. That's still really helpful. And I think uh, something that we can all start trying to implement, you know, straight away, which is awesome. Right. And there's, I mean, nowadays there's tons of books and resources online, articles, um, podcasts, totally devoted to like self-talk and growth mindset and affirmations. So maybe it even just starts with like getting a little bit more curious about, about one of those, um, one of those facets and, you know, doing a quick Google search or a quick search for a podcast about affirmations or self-talk. Um, and starting there, that could be maybe even one more simpler step. Mm, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And like you said, it's, you know, there's so many amazing things out there. So even if you don't have the opportunity to be able to read a book at the moment, maybe you could listen to a podcast <laughs> or listen to like a audio book or, you know, then, then move on to doing a little course or something. So that yeah. is a really wonderful place to start. Now, I, from looking at your website and, you know, following you on Instagram, like I mentioned before, I know you have a lot of amazing, you know, facets to your business. So you have, you know, programs, your classes, camps, all of that, which is so wonderful. But I just wanted to know whether you have a favorite part of your business because you have so many different, you know, things going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think I will always love being in the classroom the most. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I am currently, right now I'm in California uh, teaching some summer dance camps for the month. And this week I'm working with the little, little dancers. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just so fun to be in the classroom with them and see their little faces light up and, and for the little light bulbs to go off. Um, it's just, there's something about that that feels really um, life-giving to me and mm -hmm. just really makes me enjoy my work. Um, and with young dancers, they are so wonderful at just pointing things out and giving you new perspectives. Um, you know, whether it's something silly like, oh, my, I'm riding a unicorn that has purple sparkly hair. And like, they've just, they've just got this whole world that is magical and whimsical and anything goes. And I find that so refreshing. Um, and it helps me to really kind of get out of my own head every once in a while and just go into their world of unicorns and sparkle and singing and dancing with scarves. And um, it's just, it's, it's super fun. So I think the classroom will always be kind of my favorite place to be with, with the students. And I love teaching and working with other teachers as well, teaching yeah. other teachers. Um, but for me that I feel like probably with all artists, there's that like one facet of your art that just feels like more nourishing that you have to go back to every once in a while in order to create the new things. Um, mm. And for me, I think that's working with the little ones because they just, there's so much spaciousness about working with them. Um, mm. So I find that really wonderful. I And also very grateful that I get to work with the little guys. Yeah, and I do. I was actually talking to some parents yesterday about how I just love with that age group, if you go, like if you give them a scarf and you tell them, you know, oh, let's, you know, this is, this is a shell or this is a leaf. They go, oh, okay. And they just like 100% yeah. <laughs> can get on board straight away. And one of the moms actually said to me, which I think is really interesting. She was like, I think it's sad that we lose that as we get older. And I think mm. that as teachers that we're so blessed that we still get to experience just like this next level of, acceptance and creativity which is so freeing I guess and I did it was really an interesting comment from a parent which really kind of have I've been thinking about for the last couple mm. of days actually because I 100% agree like if, if an adult walked up to me and gave me a scarf and said oh that's a leaf I'd be like what it's not what are you talking about so um I just find it so wonderful and yeah some of the things that the kids say is always it if not or eye-opening it's entertaining I guess at oh, times. Yeah. It's so true. Being able yeah. to laugh with them is like one of the best mm -hmm. things, like laughing at, at myself or with them or yeah, it's just, it's really, it's pretty special. I think it is. I think we're very, very, very lucky. Um, hashtag blessed as some people would say. <laughs> totally hashtag blessed. <laughs> um, but that is awesome to hear about, I love just listening and like hearing about the structure of different people's businesses and what areas they're really interested in or, you know, where they kind of gravitate towards. But I'm also a little bit obsessed with knowing about how people like organize their life. So can you run us through a typical day for you or do you even have a typical day or a typical time period, I guess? Cause like you said, you're traveling. So at the yeah. moment, very exciting. It is. I, I also feel super blessed to be able to travel and do all the things on both sides of the coasts coast. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, 
I don't really have a typical day. <laughs> um, there are things within each day that are usually pretty typical. Um, mm -hmm. But if I'm on like, if I'm on the West Coast, it's likely very different from when I'm on the East Coast. Um, I sometimes I wish I was one of those people who like had a very regular wake up time and bedtime. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of a try and get try and get the things done and try and get some sleep. Um, yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, um, things that I do try and incorporate daily um, include walks. I love walks mm. and being outside. That's one thing, being on both sides of the coast, actually, that I feel very grateful for is the the beauty of just upstate New York and Northern California. So I try and get outside um, as much as I can during the day. Um, and walking is also very meditative for me. I tend to have mm -hmm. a lot of ideas or problem solve when I'm walking. Um, I try and make meditation part of my daily routine as much as I can, but that <laughs> the doing it on the regular basis is something that I also struggle with, um, but always, always working on it. Um, yeah. And then... I mean, beyond that, it it's dependent on if it's a teaching day or if it's a day where I am going to be um, planning lessons or working on online, you know, website, curriculum, programs, any of that mm -hmm. type of stuff. Um, if it's a day where I'm going to be traveling to do a workshop, it, it all just kind of depends. So I love my planner. I am a big list person. Mm -hmm. I have lots of colorful pens that I use to color code things. Yeah. Um, and coffee. Coffee helps a lot. I enjoy yeah. my coffee. <laughs> mm, me too. Coffee is delicious. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And yeah, I think that, you know, so, but sometimes I think, you know, we're like, oh, I really, really love some consistency or, or whatnot. And then if we got it, we'd probably be like, oh, this is boring. I so, know. The, the grass is always greener, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It definitely isn't always. So I think yeah. that you have that variation is really cool as well. And then you get to travel, which is, you know, sometimes people, you know, they get over traveling, but it's that you get to do it, you know, on a semi-regular basis is really awesome. Yeah, I love it. And like working on the East and the West Coast was something that I never really envisioned for myself or even thought would be like a thing, but um, it's been interesting to see how I've navigated and navigated it and how like opportunities have just kind of organically come about and um, are always kind of evolving. So I'm, I'm curious that it has all worked out as well as it has. <laughs> that mm -hmm. has been one thing that has been surprising to me. Um, but I love it. I get to see my family out here on the West Coast and my other family over on the East Coast. And um, I was just thinking today as I was driving around, like it's always exciting to me to land in a new place or go to a new place and then like see all the different um, or all the typical license plates like mm. I got so used to seeing all the New York license plates and now I'm in California and it's like nice and refreshing to see all the California license plates. And it's just a silly little quirky thing, but yeah, yeah. I feel very grateful to be able to, to go back and forth. Yeah. Which is really awesome. Um, yeah. And you know, but you also work really hard. So I feel like sometimes we always say, Oh, grateful and blessed, but we, you know, you work really hard to make it work. So that right. is, 
That's su- that's super super cool. So we did mention it a little bit before about your online course that you have available for you know anyone who wants to learn more about body positivity, and it's called the Body Positivity and Empowerment in the Dance Classroom, and. Wait. It is super awesome. I've almost got all the way through it now, but I would say it's really easy to do in like small little chunks, which is mm-hmm. so beneficial when we all have such busy lives and, you know, we want to be able to do more for ourselves and for our teachers, but sometimes, you know, sitting down and doing a, a big course is just not possible. So I, I would say to anybody who's sort of on the fence that it's definitely, definitely doable, but it's a really amazing resource for teachers and dancers to build, like you've spoken about the best relationship with their bodies, which is so fantastic. So if studio owners or teachers want to check it out or read a bit more information about it, can you maybe give us a little bit more of an overview and tell our listeners where they can find it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it is a course that I created on Teachable. Um, So you can go to teachable.com and search different drummer dance and my course should pop right up there. I've only got the one course offered right now um, with hopefully soon more to come. But like you said, the the, uh, (laughs) the course is called Body Positivity and Empowerment in the Dance Classroom. Um, And yeah, I would love actually to offer your listeners a special little code or discount. Mm -hmm. Um, I can can hook them up and you with that a little bit later on. Um, But I, yeah, I created the course. um, I'm trying to remember what spurred me to do it. I think I think, like I said, it's just, it's all been so cumulative and one step Mm -hmm. after another. And I realized that, you know, I was, I was doing these things in my own teaching practice of affirmations and growth mindset and putting them to practice in my own personal life. And how cool would it be to be able to spread that message through the dance community and share with other teachers um, the tools that I've used and the outcomes as well. Like I've seen, I've seen so many dancers just completely turn around with some of this work. Um, I have one little dancer who started the year with me so, so shy and so self-conscious. Um, and she's, she's a lovely dancer. Like she Mm. is fun and silly and loves to move. Um, but she would just get very like, uh, very tight and very like, I don't know, it's just super, super um, conservative and scared and lose all of her self-confidence. And so I started doing some of the exercises with her that are in this online program. And it's just been so amazing to watch her transformation. And she has come into her own so magnificently. And there are still moments where she gets shy before, before going on stage. And, you know, um, obviously that, that kind of thing that we always are working on, but, um, it's really, it's really great to see that progress in her. So I wanted to share those tips and tools and resources with the greater dance community and, and just kind of get everybody on board this train of body positivity and inclusivity. Um, so the program online is broken down into, I believe it's nine modules. 
Um, and each module begins with an affirmation. And then we go through that affirmation and talk about why it's important and what kinds of situations you might use it in with your dancers. Um, I give as well additional phrases to use. So it goes again back to that, like when you're in class and instead of saying good job or, you know, any of those kind of typical responses that we use with our student, I offer different prompts and different um, quotes to be able to use in class. Um, mm. And then as well, there's a, a workbook for your dance students to do. Um, and I would say for this particular course and these worksheets, it's probably most appropriate for dancers ages like nine or 10 and up. Mm -hmm. Definitely is a good thing for uh, teenagers as well as like for teamwork and community building if that is something that you're working on if you've got like a competition team um, it's really it can be really great for bonding for teammates as well um, so with the student workbook um, it just it it lists more questions and more writing prompts and really kind of challenges and encourages the students to think about their own beliefs that they have about their abilities, about their bodies, um, and encourages them to reframe those things. Um, and then there's also a few um, group building, team building activities that teachers can choose to use in the dance classroom. Um, and I incorporated those in case, I know a lot of studios do like um, movie nights or fundraiser type things. And so mm. the goal with those was to be able to get the entire community involved. So it may be, you know, you maybe have like a, a movie night or a teen night or something. And these are activities and exercises that the dancers can do together. And they are lighthearted and fun. They, they don't dive in to be super serious. Um, but they do reinforce the messages that are being explored in that module with those affirmations that we, that we explore in each module. Mm, absolutely. And that is really, really, and there, there is a big range, I think, but I think it's a really, Teachable is really easy to use. So if, mm. even if people aren't tech savvy, all of that content is there and it's super, super awesome to share, you know, to educate yourself and for studio owners to then pass on the message with their teachers as well, which is fantastic. So my very last question for you today is that if we have any listeners interested in following you on social media, which I would highly recommend, or again, viewing your website, how might they find you? Definitely. So my website is differentdrummerdance.com. Um, Instagram, like we talked about before, the handle is diffdrumdance. So D-I-F-F-D-R-U-M dance. Um, I am also on Facebook as uh, the same handle as Instagram, diffdrumdance. Um, so you can find us on Facebook there. I also do have a... Um, a different drummer dance insiders Facebook group. Um, and by insider, I mean that everybody is welcome. <laughs> it's not so much of like an insiders, like exclusive thing um, as, as it is more of like, that's a place where I, I offer more freebies and I post a little bit more often about teacher tips. Um, and it's, it's a place where everyone who's involved can come to each other with questions or experiences or get feedback on 
um, any of the modules that are in the online course. So I would love for people to be able to uh, join that as well. And you can find the uh, the private group through the different the main different drummer dance face group book as well. Awesome. Um, and you did mention lastly uh, a special little code that our listeners could use uh, to get something exciting with your course. Do you want to share that with us now? And I'll be sure to put it in our show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So if they use um, the code. 10 and then pod pod for podcast that will give them 10% off the uh, total price of the course. Whoa, that is so awesome. How exciting. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners. But again, it's not, um, I wouldn't say it's, do do you mind sharing how much the course is? I can always cut. No, no, not at all. I I should have said that right off the bat. Um, It's it's $49. Yeah. So really affordable anyway, but 10% off is super, super lovely. And I'm sure everybody will appreciate that as well. So the code is it, so the numbers one zero yeah. pot. Yep. You got it. Awesome. And you can put that in to get 10% off and we'll also put it in our show notes in case you, uh, anyone is driving and they aren't able to write that down. But thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Katrina. It was really eye opening and empowering to listen to you speak about body positivity and the different ways that we can really incorporate it in the classroom as educators and teachers and just to hear your passion about it and our industry was, was just amazing. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and to get to know you and your listeners a little bit better. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.